Tracks of Life, episode two. Welcome. Man, we're here. We got Mr. Cartoon on this week. This one's educational. Yeah, it is. I, I said that I said that in the preview last week, but <laughs> it really is. It's educational. No, he's taking us to school, man. Yeah. In fact, we we kind of, we put a whole different kind of playlist together for this one. It was more about catching the vibe and the time he's talking, because he paints a picture. Oh, yeah. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's like, check out the playlist. And it'll put you right in the vibe for what you're about to hear. Yeah, listen along at the same time. Listen as we go. It doesn't matter. Do what you want to do. But just hear what this dude has to say, because this one is fun. And you'll learn something for sure. Tracks of life, Mr. Cartoon. Here we go. Yep. The first page of a book never tells the full story. And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth, but when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street, essential television. I'm stoked to hear your songs. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. You got like a whole, I feel like every time we hang out, we talk music. And we get a lesson every time. I know, here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you come, you get a you get a tattoo, and you learn some history, exactly. some LA history, yeah, and then some music history. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I grew up in a, in a in a good time. You know, I'm fortunate to uh, to have grown up in right before rap hit. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, we listened to a lot of classic rock and, and funk. You know, I, yeah, I yeah. guess you listen to what your parents listen to, right? Yeah, totally. so yeah, that's the rules you generally, right? Yeah. yeah. It's at least where you start. <laughs> yeah. And then I remember eight tracks in my old man's van, you yeah. know what I'm saying? And Saturday Night Fever soundtrack yeah. and James Taylor and and um, Earth, Wind and & Fire, you know? Earth, Wind & Fire. Oh, fire. yeah. Fire. 100%. I'm not sure who's Earth, Wind & Fire today, you know what I mean? Yeah. Is there? Is there I don't know. A band of brothers that play fucking instruments and... Bruno Mars tries to do it. Oh, he's... Yeah, yeah. he I mean, got a vibe. I don't mean tries like in a bad way. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's doing... He's got maybe a vibe. he's it. Yeah, yeah. maybe he's it. Like, he's, got the, he's got the 50 sound. He's got the 60 sound sometimes. Yeah. Definitely got the 80 sound. Yeah. Going, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. he got a... Yeah. He and got his a band, like... They're, they're, they're they, dope. They, they get yeah. down. Them live. dudes are yeah. dope, man. His brother's the drummer, too. Really? Yeah. Like, yeah, oh, I didn't know that. Some family in there. Yeah, it's badass. His bass player fucking dances his ass off. He's amazing. Uh, playing yeah. music and dancing yeah. and hitting. And he, like, he plays, too. Bro, yeah. I can't even walk without getting out of breath. Like, <laughs> <laughs> trying to play and dance. No, I'm not, I'm not that guy, man. I'm not that guy. So, uh, his, you know, live, his live songs sound better. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Than well, the yeah. records half the yeah. time, because he'll flip it. Yeah. Yeah. And then put and then, and the energy, and that's why it's rare too, because he got the band. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, man. And he's got like the like he's got like three or four background singers, but they're like his boys. Yeah, yeah. And so they just like you can tell they're having fun when like just listening to it, you can tell they're having fun for sure, man, for sure. Yeah, I tattooed his sisters. He oh, has yeah. like four sisters, really, and I tattooed his old man. Oh, uh, unfortunately, the mom died, so they got like a dedication oh, yeah. to. Uh, to the mom, you know? And all of them can sing, all of them play instruments and shit, of course, right? He apparently was a, he was an Elvis impersonator when he was a right. kid. yeah. And that's how he like, <laughs> you see the pictures, though, his hair is amazing. In I know. <laughs> it shows though, because he like, he has that like, kind of get down like, yeah, he got the vibe going, that move. Man, for sure. Yeah. 
What's your vibe though, Tunes? What are you picking? I don't want to just pick all oldies or, or yeah. you know, all funk shit because of, uh, you know, growing up and, and listening to, to Pink Floyd and Zeppelin and, uh, you know, psychedelics yeah. and like tripping and listening to that music and, and make sense, you know, like all that music makes sense through like mushrooms and shit, you <laughs> yeah. know. And then... Because um, the guys were making it. We're making it with, <laughs> you know, it's kind of yeah. that vibe at the time, sure. And I think the, that they were also looking to expand their mind. They weren't doing it to get, like, fucked up. Yeah. It, some of them might have, but it, it was more about reflecting on life and, and what's the meaning of life. And, yeah. and uh, we're artists and we're weirdos and why are we here yeah. and what's our, our purpose, you know? So I tripped out on all that type of shit and then... Each genre of music goes with a different car, too, I believe, oh, you know? Right. Yeah. So, like, when I'm in a, in a different era of a car, I listen to different music. Yeah. So if I'm in my old bomb, like a 39 Chevy or mm -hmm. a 48 Master Deluxe, I'll play 50s doo-wop soul. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it fits the in this yeah. certain genre. Like, I don't play the 30s music when that <laughs> car was out, because right. that shit's kind of... It's kind of crazy and shit, but I play more of uh, when the doo-wop guys were starting to shoot heroin and started to make, you know, love ballads <laughs> yeah. and right. shit. Yeah. And the Philadelphia, so when, when I'm in an Impala, I listen more to like the Philadelphia sound in the early 70s of uh, soul. Yeah. You know, a lot of ballads and um, funk, you know, so when funk started to take flight, with Parliament, with with uh, um, Rick James, and and you know people started to get more like hippie funk. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And then when I actually have '80s <laughs> like mini trucks and the Suzuki Samurai yeah. and shit, I'll play Latin freestyle like Lisa Lisa and fucking mm. Expose and shit, and um, and early rap like yeah. '80s rap, yeah. West Coast rap and shit. Well, of course. Rockham and, and the Beastie Boys yeah. and that type of early genre of that music, you know? Yeah, mm. that's Samurai Screams, Beastie Boys to me. I don't yeah. know yeah. why. <laughs> when their first album came out, that was a brand new with the dealership, yeah. you know? 87, 88. That's yeah. Awesome. That was the year of the I Grand National, too. That's yep. my call. I got to get one of those soon, man. I've man. been looking for a minute, man. They're out there. Yeah. They're expensive. They they, go they're going up. 20 to 40, 40 grand, depending you know? on where, where you're at, yeah. I want one of those, man. Yeah. Matter of fact. I can see you driving. Yeah. A little tank top. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, that, car, that car's hot anywhere. You yeah. take it to New Jersey. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. Motherfuckers are high-fiving you. Yeah. You take it to Compton doing the same. Yeah, man. That's a hot car. I'm going to get one of those, man. That's what it is. That's what it is. So, the, yeah. So, Samurai, we got the Beastie Boys popping. Yeah. The, you know, Nation a Million holds us back. The Public Enemy. Mm. You know, that album was so important. Um, N.W.A., you know, they were actually, like, rolling samurais and sidekicks and shit. Mm. Um, you know, this new rapper named Ice Cube, you know, mm. tearing it up. He came out. It was a it was a, <laughs> mo it was a moment, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 6 in the morning with, with Ice-T was, to us, like, an anthem. You know what I mean? We had never heard shit really described in the West Coast like that because we looked to the East Coast for hip hop, you know what I'm oh, saying. Okay. We were emulating New York, trying to break dance, and mm -hmm. even though we what we had down here was popping 
and mm-hmm. pop locking. Okay. So that was like West Coast shit. All right. But the actual break dancing that everyone was jockeying and shit came from the East Coast. So yeah. uh, rapping, if you listen to early Ice-T, he had like Scott, uh, you know, skiing glasses on. Yeah. <laughs> he had like an East Coast swag to him, you know. And um, a lot of the West Coast, up until about NWA really, um, and King T, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Those were the first guys to come out. Um, K-Day was a brand new radio station that mm-hmm. was basically playing East Coast hip-hop, like Dougie Fresh and all that was was on. The, um, and people were trying to um, break at the mall and yeah. shit. And uh-huh. fucking <laughs> Throwing the cardboard street. down. Yeah, yeah, that was a big deal, you know? Yeah. And Were you, um, were you break dancing? I, I gave it a shot. I yeah. had, a, like, a hoodie with iron-on felt letters. It was said, like, you know... Uh, what was that? Graffiti rockers or some shit like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> shit was terrible. But we were little kids, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. You didn't know. Yeah. And uh, I fig- I tried, man, and I just got like served at the pier or some shit. <laughs> You're like, oh, like, wait some- a minute, I'm whacked. Yeah, some older kid was like way better than me sure. and shit. And- yeah. And I was like, fuck, I could draw. Yeah. You know? I was like, <laughs> I'm going this way. I'm yeah. going to the graffiti and shit, you know? <laughs> yeah, right, so right. I, I definitely pushed towards graffiti. But it's I the same to, culture, though. It is. It's like, where do you fit it in hip-hop was, yeah. was what it was about. Like, could you break? Could you DJ? Could you rap? You know, um, some guys were, like, the drug dealers just had their own lane, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, it was all to impress the girls. Yeah. And, Isn't everything? Uh, yeah, everything. Right? That's why yeah. I started playing music. Yeah. That and I had no friends. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Yeah. Hey, we're friends now, bro. Yeah, no, <laughs> I have friends now. Yeah, 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 it worked out. But you got like two because I started playing music. Yeah. Took you thirty-two years to get two. Yeah, a couple. Yeah, I got a couple. You're in there. Yeah, you're in there. Yeah. So tunes, tell us, man. Let's give take us on a journey, man. I'm so interested, man. Because like we respect you so much. Thank what you you've boy. done as an artist is that goes without saying. But as a businessman. Sure to move a culture, to introduce culture to people. Like, that means so much to us. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to fanboy, but I'm just, I'm being real. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I'm so excited for this episode, man. I'm so excited. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, like, like from that day that I was trying to break, I don't Mm -hmm. think I've ever stopped. Okay. Like, once you kind of uh, try to figure out your path in that or find your position in hip-hop, that's what it was it's about I think it's always been about is um, you know where do I belong in that and what can I contribute and once I started like writing next to the high school and like putting my name up and Mm -hmm. throwing a 3D on it and kind of kicking back and watching the girls walk to school with their books and looking and pointing at my, my piece I just painted (laughs) it was over it was like that. that's me that's what I'm gonna do and um you always kind of have a picture of where you want to be, and I always try to push towards that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And then once I reached to a certain level, then I, I by then I have another picture of what it really is, and yeah, it just sure. the clarity keeps coming. You sure. know, like the cloud uh, dissipates and you move forward, and uh, the fog moves away, and you're like, "Oh shit, that's what it looks like." Right. You know, and it's not what I expected. Yeah, well, maybe you get inspired, yeah. you know, like, you think you're there, like, to me, I was like, if I could just be a graffiti writer, mm-hmm. 
and get into WCA. That like that was the crew for me to get into, you know. Mm-hmm. And the first time I tried to get in the crew, they told me no mm. <laughs> because I, I couldn't piece on the wall. I could only do black books. Okay. So I, I knew this girl, and she goes, "I know those guys, and um, we'll go up there. I'll introduce you to them." And uh, we went up there, and I was showing them my my black book, and they were like, yeah. "Yo, this shit's dope, man." Where's the pictures? Where's the photos of your pieces? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I don't really have those right now. Like, I got them back and right. like, I was just <laughs> yeah. bullshitting yeah. my yeah. way yeah. through. Because they don't exist, but you know. <laughs> yeah, they didn't really exist at right. that time because I didn't have hand control or yeah. access to pain. And, you know, I eventually just went in the old man's garage and yeah. got like whatever colors he had. And uh-huh. I just took flight on my school at night, you know, snuck out at night and just did a piece. And, um, started to get my little flow going and I, I met this kid that I seen that was up. He was in Gardena and his name was Clever. And he and he uh took a liking, we became friends and he showed me how to piece. Like doing a graffiti oh, piece, yeah. you do it backwards. Mm-hmm. So you start with the fill first, you, you do a little sketch, and then you fill it in, it looks kinda sloppy. And then you try to find your outline, you know, oh, and you yeah. sketch out the outline. So it's done in reverse and you build and you build. And um, he became a good friend of mine, and uh, he lived in South Central, but he had got a job being a lifeguard, which mm-hmm. is pretty rare from... Some kids that grow up in South Central, they never yeah. even go to the beach. Right, So, and he he got a lifeguard job. Like, he got yeah. a lifeguard job, yeah. you know, and... and uh, the game. <laughs> but right after he got it, he got murdered at the movie theaters. Oh, like, it was a mistaken identity, and they smoked him. Fuck, man. And uh, our hero was like, he was dead, you know? Yeah. So we were like, Fuck. And um, we just kept moving forward. I met this kid through him named um, O.G. Abel. Mm-hmm. Now he's a phenomenal uh, illustrator and, and artist. But back then we were just two kids trying to do pieces, man, yeah. up on the wall. And years went by, and uh, eventually, I, I was talking about it today, we started to see, like, the first street brands. Mm-hmm. You know, like when Fresh Jive and mm-hmm. Third Rail... And Gat and these type of companies were yeah. these were graffiti writers like at least for Third Rail Third Rail was a graffiti writer who took a tag and did an applique on a shirt with chenille in it and and did embroidery around it and I was like oh fuck right. what the fuck is Damn. this shit right yeah. no one had ever seen that shit right. because we would make street brands out of existing like. Go to Dickies. Like you yeah. wear Dickies and you you wear them baggy, or you you get a, a Ben Davis, or you get Levi's and you, yeah. you, the raw denim. The way you wore it, not the the way you wore it made it the the brand. There was no brands made by yeah. like homies and shit, mm-hmm. you know. So when I seen that shit, because we were at the hundreds today, and we were, we were talking about all that shit, and uh, that was it. it mm-hmm. We've never looked back. So once I started fucking with the peril. At that same time, I was airbrushing T-shirts at the car shows. Because uh-huh. my old man took me to a lowrider car show when I was about 14, 15. And I was like, fuck, Pop, Like, look at this shit. Mm-hmm. Like, there was candy-painted Impalas and Bel Airs, yeah, yeah. real West Coast style, laying in the... In a, and that in was your first introduction to it? I mean, I had, or, seen, you had them seen them around. But, on but the, the street, yeah. but I had never been to, like, a show show. Yeah. You know, and uh, I looked at my old man, and I was like, ha... How do I get one of these, yeah, you know? Yeah. He goes, easy, son. You just got to have a skill that you can barter with them. Yeah. 
And when he told me that, I looked over and there was this old man airbrushing portraits of people's cars. Okay. Oh, sick. So he would paint like your Chevelle and then put yeah. your name and your old lady's name. Right. And then you were, it was the 80s. You yeah, rock yeah. an airbrush Hell t-shirt. Yeah, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> now, what, was there a song back then that, that, that brings you to that point? Is there anything you remember from there? I mean, musically? Yeah. I think it was a, was a big one on the radio was LL Cool J, Dear Yvette. Mm. Yeah. That was like a big deal and shit. You know what I'm saying? And everyone kind of knew a girl in school named Yvette. <laughs> and uh, he was just talking so much shit. LL was so, on fire yeah. at that point. You know, he was still a youngster. Um, that definitely tripped me out. And the N.W.A.'s first album. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Hearing that shit and hearing, um, you know, Rodney O and Joe Cooley. Yeah. You know, their their album and... and uh, the DLC, uh-huh. you know, so DLC all, was hot. Yeah, all that music was bumping. You know, um, even though we love the New York sound, hearing these West Coast cats like DJ Quick, we were like, oh shit, he's talking about gang banging, uh-huh. and it was shit that you see. Yeah, he was talking about wearing yeah. corduroys and fucking sherm heads and uh-huh. shit. Damn. Yeah, all that music was was like the soundtrack to my art. You uh-huh. know what I'm saying? When I would draw, I would play that music, and it would make me envision uh, what I wanted to draw next, or just keep me going and yeah. keep me motivated, you know. And that's all I should do is just draw. Uh-huh. I would draw for hours and hours, and I think that's kind of uh, one of the the staples for my success. I don't know how to say it. That's one of the reasons of my successes. Mm-hmm. Is of practice of when no one was watching, mm-hmm. just yeah. by yourself, nerding out in the room, just doing it. Got your over music on, you're vibing, and just you got your music. And, and fortunately, we didn't have the internet. Yeah, we didn't have. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my kids will never know what it's like without Isn't that, that. Trippy, that's crazy it's, to me. I think about that a lot. Yeah, but they'll clown the internet of this time. Yeah, exactly. They'll yeah. grow up and be like, "You don't know my struggle." Like we had to <laughs> yeah. actually wait for our shit to load right. up or whatever. The- our our cell phones weren't holograms, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, without any of that shit, we had to like find an occasional book. Yeah, I remember when I was eighteen, I met this kid that moved from New York mm-hmm. to South Central, and he had Polaroids and like you know thrifties developing. Mm-hmm. Pictures, yeah. you know, back then you take a roll of film, yeah, you go to the fucking thrifties, and two days later you come back and yeah, pick right. out your It's not your instant, oh, I don't like that one, I'll take another one. Yeah. You know, say it didn't work like that back then, man. no, but yeah. it was so exciting to get those pictures and go through. Some of them were blurry, and you're like, yeah. fuck, yeah. I can never go back and right. take that picture. Dude, I started carrying them. I, I, I use like an old school point and shoot now, and there's a website you send the film into. Oh, shit. And they, and they do it digitally and send it back to you. Yeah. But it's awesome because the pictures look so much cooler. They're warm. They look really cool. But then the blurry, like the mess ups are the best. Like the yeah. ones that. That I take when yeah. I'm drunk. Usually. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like the drunk <laughs> photos. But it's cool because it's like a happy accident. You don't get to plan what you're taking a picture of. Can't you just plug them in now and just print them out at your pad and shit on that film and stuff? I'm sure. I'm sure you can, yeah. yeah. We're just not that advanced. Yeah, I, don't know. I haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> we're, we're new old school. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> but you know what's weird? Like this formula, I'm like, who's going to listen to this shit? Like this is the hours of like guys bullshitting in the, mm-hmm. in, in, in the man cave, you know? Yeah. Like, But I used to listen to this shit on K-Rock. There was um, there was Dr. Drew yeah. and the poor man. 
and people would call in and say they had like VD or some yeah. shit. Mm-hmm. What was it called? This is uh, 83, 84 maybe, you know? And but, was, was it like an hour segment, like during the rush hour, hour segment or like or? midnight. Oh, oh, midnight, okay. So right. I struggled to stay up, and, uh-huh. and I'd listen to people calling, and the poor man would shit on them. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, that's good that you got VD. That means you're out there, right. and you're fucking... Right. You, you, Okay, Take your you, part in life yeah, you know? exactly. And then Dr. Drew Would get disgusted And be like No no You should be having You know right. Safe sex right. and this like and that. Try, Trying to calm Trying exactly. to help the dude no. out <laughs> But it was the beginning Of talk radio you Was know that what love Was it still called Love Line It was called Love Line yeah. yeah Wow that's wild I remember Love Line's been around Is it, I think it might still be around It was great when Adam Carolla Was on yeah. there too Like he, he talked a lot of shit apart. Yeah It was like this This He's balance hilarious. of like A real doctor and a comedian, you know? Yeah. Right. Which is awesome if you think about yeah. it. It's pretty cool. <clears throat> Your dad was... thinks he's a comedian. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stick to the doctor part. Yeah, so. <laughs> I remember when, when your dad came to my studio, uh, you know, when you look through a surveillance camera, there's two people that stand out that I could think of that look like no one else. Your old man and Suge Knight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and both of those guys came to my studio, and you look at them, you're like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> when your dad came to my studio, and I think it was like a Saturday, it was yeah. real random that we were there on a Saturday, because I was work Monday through Friday, no weekends. I kind of felt like the principal, like I seen <laughs> the principal at the supermarket. Yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it felt like damn. And I'm fortunately, my dad was there that day. Yeah. So I sent my dad to talk to your dad, <laughs> and they were bullshitting and oh, talking yeah. about cars and shit. They and hit it like, off immediately. Yeah, man. I was yeah. like, this is going to be good, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I was terrified because my dad hates that I have tattoos. Yeah, mine did too. He liked- and then you sent him down to Skid Row. <laughs> <laughs> the only... It, it, the, I, I, it's not bullshit either. The only, like, redeeming or the only reason that he's okay with it is because he trusts you to do a good job. Uh-huh. Otherwise, he would just He'd be pissed. rip my fucking head off. Yeah. yeah. That's so crazy. <laughs> he still wants to slap you for tattooing my hand. But he doesn't like the he, hand. Yeah. Yeah. Every that. time I see him, that's a bad fucking idea. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> well, the only people in his era that had that were uh, drug addicts, mm-hmm. yeah. convicts. You know, no, no one thought about really... Nowadays, these youngsters... Start with their hands. Mm-hmm. Their start face with their that always neck, makes me mad. And then they take their shirt off and they have no tattoos yeah. underneath. Yeah. But their face and their hands, it's like a trucker's tan almost. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, like hair and then the shit. <laughs> it kind of does it bother you when people do that? Like start with the extreme spot that they're supposed to earn? It just seems a lightweight cheating, but I mean, it's just the way, you know, like. They're getting instant results by getting the facial tattoo. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Their views go up. Um, I stopped really trying to lecture these kids or really, like, get in their head. Like, I'll be arguing with yeah. a lot of people if I do that. Mm-hmm. But if I do have a youngster and he has no tattoos and he comes in and he wants to start off with the facial, I'll be like, look, bro, yeah. you get your face tatted, you're going to attract every gangster on the street. Real gangster. Approach, real, yeah. yeah. It's going to approach you. So, unless you want that shit, they're going to be asking you, like, where, what prison you've been to and all yeah. that. And every sheriff or FBI agent going to be rolling up on you. So, 
I'm pretty good at like, hey Holmes, let's start over here. Start on your yeah. your arm, right. man. We'll work. We'll get towards the. But if they're already tatted up like that, fuck it. Yeah, yeah. Right. it's their body. They figured it out at that point. No I doubt. I couldn't do the face. I get real pumped up. Like sometimes I hear some good music. I'm gonna fucking tattoo my face. Fuck that <laughs> shit. <laughs> you know, fucking want to feel like doing that and breaking something today. That's where yeah. I'm at, man. Yeah. I mean, are there specific songs that you like to talk about, or, or is it more of a broad thing? I mean, what do you? Yeah. Mean? I mean, I just I'm just looking at like what I've been listening to. Like a lot of times I'll go to YouTube and I'll just spaz out on uh -huh. that shit. Yeah, I notice every I mean? time we come to the shop, yeah. it's a vibe. You know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a dope vibe. Yeah, I go through different eras of shit. Like me and my wife collect vinyl. Mm -hmm. and Soul Sundays. Yeah, Soul Sundays. It's every fire. Sunday. Fire, by the way. Thank you. My wife's 10 years younger than me, so it's it's crazy that... We're up on the same shit, uh -huh. but uh, unfortunately, I think it's her mom is more my age oh, and shit. Jesus. <laughs> I'm like two years younger than her mom oh, and shit, right. and uh, she knows a lot of that through her parents, you uh -huh. know, so um, has an old soul for mm -hmm. being so young, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll send each other shit all the time, and now through YouTube, you can find these yeah. crazy hard-to-find 45s. Then we'll go hunt them down. Like I try oh, nice. to, we try to hunt down everything that we like. And there's a whole world of just vinyl collectors that sell shit yeah. online. Where before you'd really have to go crate digging and go through all this, go sure. through a bunch of bullshit. It makes it easy to now. find one. We still do that. Like there's record places in the valley still left. That's over. fun still. Yeah, that's fun to do. Sure. You gotta do it because yeah. you catch them slipping. Like yeah. on Ventura, you know, they're not looking for that old soul right. gangster shit. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're looking for rock shit or whatever. Right. So. We catch them slipping right there, but on the sites, uh, you you hear stuff that you're like, man, I thought I heard every yeah. old. So by this time, I'm gonna be fifty. I thought I heard every, and I haven't. There's still mm -hmm. a bunch of and same thing with like rap labels, where there's all these small rap labels right yeah. now producing music that'll never really get heard, other than if it's hot and it catches a yeah. little thing. But that label, it, no one's ever gonna know that label. Yeah. So it's. It's same with these soul groups where in Philadelphia in the 60s, it was all these different small record companies yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and recording studios pushing shit out. And sometimes 10 people would sing one version of a song until mm -hmm. they found out who was the hottest or whatever. Yeah. Who was, the, uh, who was the, the, the band recorded in jail? That's the Escorts. Yeah. So the Escorts did it in, yeah, like a Philly jail. And on New Jersey jail, so actually, cool. where um, the owner of Motown went and, and found these guys and was like, oh, shit. And being Barry Gordy, yeah. he could convince a prison to bring recording studio. <laughs> He's a bad man. It's like, yeah. it's like, yo, to be able to have that yeah. talk, cause yeah. <laughs> you, can't even, you can't even bring your keys into, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anybody out there, look, look out for the escorts. Mm. Uh, look over my shoulder. Which is a crazy uh, title for a prison song, you know yeah, what I'm right. saying? Um, but these guys, if you look at them, they look like gangsters. Like mm -hmm. they they were the rappers of now singing ballads back then, yeah. and and in jail for murder and strong arm robberies and shit like that. Yeah. So that's what tripped me out. Like I would watch Soul Train and be like, these guys were eventually gonna become Crips and Bloods. Mm -hmm. Yeah. These were the forefathers of, of that movement. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Totally. And uh, they're no punks, but they're singing these beautiful ballads. <laughs> but there's there's something 
different about that time period where Vietnam was going on. Mm-hmm. You stuck together to like community uh, pride and community protection. And um, this beautiful music came out where they were glorifying their women. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Um, they're putting their, their women up as a queen and on a pedestal, and I'll, I'll be your fool. I'll be. I'm, I'm your puppet. You know, right. I'll, I'll do anything for you. You right. know. And now it's like fuck a bitch. Yeah. Right. Blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. You know. So it's like no no value. <laughs> yeah. This is crazy. It's yeah, like you've never man. seen that like, the Tempries want to fucking shoot. At the Delphonics. Right. Or maybe they did. Maybe they we did, just yeah, didn't right. hear about it. Right. They just didn't put it in what the song. But it was on Instagram yeah. to see it on. It probably happened. Nobody saw it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they must have fought here and there. I'm yeah, sure. I'm to. sure, dude. Yeah. All right. Well, let me ask you, Tune. Is there... I know I know. you spoke about a couple different vibes, but is there a record I'm interested in? I don't know if, you know, you can tell me to go fuck myself. You know what I'm saying? But is there a record, like... So you you took us on the path of, like... Swap meet, you're seeing the car shows, you're seeing the airbrush guy, you're seeing the vibe, it's the city vibe. But is there one record that every time you hear it, it reminds you of when you first like decided to take it up? You know what I'm saying? Like I'm just wondering if there's like one record that you're driving and you hear that shit and you're like, yo, this reminds me of the day when I, you know, opened up my book. You know what I'm saying? Or this is the day where I decided like Yeah, I think, you know, it's it's gotta be Boys in the Hood and Mm. NWA. Yeah. You know, because Hearing Easy talk about a '64 rag, yeah. it was the first time we heard someone say a El Camino uh-huh. in a song, or, yep. or first gangster. He sounded like a real gangster, that smoked PCP and, mm-hmm. and done that shit. So when I hear Boys in the Hood, I definitely get hyped. Even right now, you know, uh, I'm building a '64 rag right now. Mm-hmm. That's I've been working on for about a year. But um, that's, I mean, it's a common song, like a lot of people know, but you'd be surprised a lot of these youngsters do not know that song. Yeah, which is wild, because that song is like, it's one of my favorite songs. Oh, it's, yeah. it's, 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 that's like, yeah. That's, I think, one of the most classic hip hop mm-hmm. songs of all time. They, well, the kids might, okay, they were reintroduced to it when the movie came yeah. out, right? Yeah. So, or, or maybe introduced to it yeah. for the first time, you know what I'm saying? And they're watching, you know, that's the, that was their introduction to yeah. it. But until then, yeah, they don't know that song. And they probably forgot about it already, too, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and, and Snoop Dogg's first album. Yeah. You know, this whole album, you just put press play and, and step back. When I when Snoop Dogg's first album came out, I was in uh, Tokyo for the first time in uh-huh. 1992. Uh-huh. And uh, when I showed up in Tokyo, they took me to this cruise night, and there was a, a thousand lowriders there. And... I'm talking about quality 64 rags, mm-hmm. 63, 62 rags. Stuff you would respect even Aces. here. Yeah, they were they were California cars that, oh. that were shipped over Oh, wow. There. Okay, so official. Yeah. They were official. The real deal. In the late 80s, the Japanese were exporting California bugs uh-huh. to Japan. Uh, picture uh, a 63 convertible. Mm-hmm. Beetle uh, uh, slammed on Porsche alloys. Uh-huh. That was the look. That's what the drug dealers were rolling that uh-huh. shit. Okay. You know? And uh, over there, or here, over or here, over here. Okay. And the the yeah. um, the micro buses. You know what I'm uh-huh. saying? Yeah, 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 all the yeah. windows that would fold open. Uh-huh. And, and uh, they were slammed, and they were on Porsche alloys. And they had like the finest girl in the high school rolling mm-hmm. shotgun, and everyone was whispering to each other, "Oh." 
who's slang dope? He slangs yeah. dope. Gotta know? be. Right? Yeah, so it even <laughs> made it more dangerous. Uh-huh. And uh, at that time, uh, Dayton Wire Wheels uh-huh. were brand new on the streets. Yeah. And they must have been at that time two grand, uh-huh. which was unheard of yeah, for yeah. a set of wheels. That's 20 grand now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. And um, they were putting them on mini trucks. They were putting them on Nissan trucks. Uh-huh. They were putting them, of course, on, on Impalas. But the birth of like the SUV was happening in like 1988, uh-huh. where you would take a Nissan hard body truck and put 15 by 8s or 50 by 10 poke out Dayton's mm-hmm. on it. You go to Orly's in Paramount and you drop your truck off and when you pick it up, it was lowered on Dayton's. Yeah. And you were the fucking man. Yeah. You were getting laid that night. <laughs> you were getting laid Without and you doubt. were getting shot at. Yeah. yeah. So motherfuckers... Hopefully not at the same time. <laughs> that, yeah, that yeah. was bad timing, yeah. you know? <laughs> but they they invented the carjacking off of the Dayton wire wheel. Oh, all right. So in the early 80s, you come and your car would be on bricks or some shit yeah. and it would take your wheels. The wheels are so expensive. And yeah. they're, yeah. they're, not, they're You can't secure... They didn't have the... The locks and everything back then. No, nah, you not. just hit it with the hammer. And it's off. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. A, a lead hammer, you yeah. know. But then they figured out, fuck it. If he's got those wheels, then he must have a cell phone. He must right. have a beeper. Yeah. Right. He must have, you know, this yeah. or that. So they just took your whole shit. So it became known that you seen anybody rolling on Dayton's and you'd be like, damn. You yeah. know, like, yeah. that motherfucker's crazy. Yeah. And he got some balls, right? Yeah, yeah he's, he's out there. Balls, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> and you know, he Tough must be strapped. You know he gotta I mean? be. Gotta be strapped. Because that's the target. Come take me. Yeah, he gotta be, yeah. Yeah, he's he knows the consequences and he's rolling yeah. sick like that wow. anyways. <laughs> and, you know, Jerry curls were all over the place and the homies combing their hair back and palm combs and hair grease and... Motherfucking girls' hairs look like lions. You know, they were <laughs> aquanetting the shit out of their hair. And, um, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. like adding three feet to their height. <laughs> yeah. And that was the move, man. And, and, uh, Power 106 was a brand new radio station. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they weren't a hip hop station yet. They were still playing like dance music and like high energy shit. and like, uh, um, Latin freestyle and shit like mm-hmm. that. Like they were playing like Lisa Lisa, and then they would go into a song like uh, Teddy. Pe- like they would play up, uh, you know, like Teddy Riley and that whole mm-hmm. that whole with the New Jack Swing vibe. New Jack was Swing it. was coming out, and you know, it, it was Luther Vandross like ballad would come, and then on Saturday nights they would mix. Oh, sick. You know what I'm saying? Kind of like K Day style and uh-huh. shit. And Julio G and Tony G would go out and they would they would mix on those stations and we were like, damn. Then La Casa Camino Real was like a big um, disco club in downtown, but mainly for like all Latin kids, you okay. know, all like Mexican American kids and Salvies and, and Guatemalan kids, you know, would meet over there and the mini trucks and there'd be a line of girls outside and they say, you know, someone would start blasting, you know what I mean? Someone would start shooting shit, parties over. But back then the boulevard was popping, so the nightclub for the kids was Hollywood Boulevard. Okay. What did you say in club? Like that was the club. Cruising was the club. Cruising was the nightclub on the it was a meat market on the street. Yeah. So everyone would take their low rider, their mini truck. Actually, low riders were playing out. Yeah. You were looking like you're driving your dad's car. Oh, really? So what and was so what was popping in? There was Nissan Sentras. Uh, there was a Mazda B two thousand. Okay. 
There was um, Mustang 5.0. 5.0 was hard when it came out. You know, iRock. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, the, the convertible uh, Camaro iRock uh-huh. on 17-inch on Dayton's. Uh-huh. <sighs> Movie. Yeah, it was candies. You know, guys putting candy paint jobs. and uh, the Guys would go to Compton and get their ribbons painted on the side of their car. And they would put a song title on the back in Gold oh, Leaf. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's commitment right there. Yeah. Yeah, that's your, that better be your jam. Yeah, taking brand new cars and putting the song. Everyone had their own song title. Uh-huh. Play at your own risk. Uh-huh. Uh, Computer love. These different Computer jams that would be yeah. like, you know, zap songs and uh-huh. shit like that. And the whole era was defined by what song was your song, like yeah. which one you related yeah. to and shit. Do you have one on yours? I. You know what? I was like shotgunning it back then because yeah. I was still like sixteen. Uh-huh. So I was looking up, and I was like, well, I got one now. Yeah. You know, my, my shit says computer love on my little Suzuki Samurai. Yeah. yeah. And I actually had that play at your, don't risk, uh, play at your own risk. That's why I said, uh, said it right now. But uh, I was kind of now remaking those rides from back in that day because yeah. they almost went extinct. Once um, the mid-'90s happened, Mini trucks and all that shit were played out. Yeah. Like the lift beds on the trucks, all that shit was gone. And uh-huh. you get like clowned if you still had that shit. Yeah. Started to go back to Impalas. Now Impalas were becoming real popular again. All right. We're you talking know? like the 60s or, the, or even the late the late 50s or 64 you're talking about? You're like talking like 58 the 58s? Yeah. through 68. Okay. Impalas were, were popping and getting people were dipping them and, and rolling gold Daytons on them and, and, and spazzing them. It's crazy that like the car, like, the car culture uh-huh. is as, like, cyclical as music. Yeah. The way, like, music genres come back around and shit. It's crazy. That well, because if you think about it, it's art. Yeah. It is. You know what I'm saying? So it's, like, it is related. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, music, cars are, you know, especially the way yeah. you're explaining it to us. It's part of the, it's part of a vibe. It's part of the moment. Yeah. So it makes it art. You know what I'm saying? And the way yeah. you do it is crazy, obviously like, art. Yeah. At some point, if you're using an 808 drum machine... Mm-hmm. Like it sounds cheesy right. in your song, yeah. and then like ten, fifteen years later, it's all you hear. People are paying yeah. ten times the amount to get that same vintage, yeah. like exactly that piece vibe. of shit yeah. exactly. drum machine. Yeah. But it's got like it's got the sound. Yeah. It's like you can't duplicate it for sure, man. And the guys feeling. are putting the echo chamber on the songs. Oh yeah, now, yeah. you know what I'm saying. To, same shit on the rap. Like yeah. the, the shit's got an echo. Or they, before you put an echo. Knob in your car so you can oh, really? adjust the oh, really? level of echo. <laughs> oh, I never on your even shit. heard that, man. I should. Yeah. I feel embarrassed. I don't know that. Wow, that's dope, man. That's amazing. Yeah, that was. You know what? That was more towards uh, black culture. Like, uh-huh. Okay. Like the Crips and Blood Lowriders, they were all about the echo. Damn, and of man. course, the homies that grew up around them, we can get away with playing sure. that shit. But uh, you know, everyone had their own style and. You had two twelves in the trunk or two fifteens and, and and four six by nines on your package tray and uh-huh. six you know, five by eights in your doors and you bump and you see people outside your car start dancing and shit because uh-huh. your car's so loud, right? Yeah. And the more money someone had, the louder and clearer their shit was. Clearer is yeah. key, yeah. Right? Yeah. I it's mean the car wasn't like- the trunk wasn't Yeah, you can yeah. it wasn't rattling, yeah. you know. That's that's when you know they had the bread, that and the yeah. uh, the weird, the Daytons. That's when you know that someone 
spend like 10K on yeah. their sound system. Yeah, man. When the shit ain't rattling and yeah. you can hear them before they turn the corner. And it's not yeah. all bottom. You can hear, you can actually hear the song too. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. Dang, man. So, that, so now we're in the late 90s and then early 2000s. So one of the first times, and I'm embarrassed to say this, that I got introduced to you was, well, introduced to who you are was with Curtis, with 50 Cent. Yeah. So when you did, I mean, that's one of your most famous to me Sure. Um, pieces, you know right. what I'm saying? Like, yeah, because 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 he was coming out and he was like, he started a whole fucking movement of music. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He just exploded. I mean, tell us about that. I mean, that was that was a crazy time when when Fifty Cent came out. There was these mixtapes mm-hmm. that were on the street. That before he got a deal, mm-hmm. he was putting out mixtapes. To me, arguably as good as his first album sure. and shit. Right. Absolutely. He had all these hits, and he was becoming rich before he got there. And uh, I was one of the few people in my circle that had uh, Puerto Rican, Dominican homies on the East Coast Mm -hmm. that I knew what was going on. Like, I seen them wearing Air Force Ones way before, you know, and... I, I, you know, like asking like a dumbass, well, what are those, you know? (laughs) Because you don't see them out here. Nah. Yeah. Because we wore Chucks and K-Swiss uh-huh. and, you know, Vans and shit. Right. A couple of the homies that would wear Jordans, but those were usually like West Side Fools from Santa Monica, uh-huh. from Culver City or something like that. Those guys were more up on, like, fashion. Right. Everyone else wore, like, Chucks and uh-huh. and Vans and shit. But um, seeing that whole movement happen and hearing those mixtapes, you could really picture what the fuck he was saying, mm-hmm. you know? And at the same time... The Escalade was like the brand new truck. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying? It was like, yeah. oh my God, Cadillac made a truck. Right. You know what I mean? And it's a caddy. You know what I'm saying? It's a caddy truck. Caddy truck. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, a yeah. suburban. Nah, it was, it was a, a caddy. caddy. Yeah. That first one was dope, <laughs> it was too. Dope. The boxier. Yeah. yeah. The first Vibe. first Escalade, yeah. yeah. DJ Muggs had one. Uh-huh. And we couldn't fucking believe it, man. He was like, crushing oh, it. Oh, <laughs> man. Yeah. And, and he could put uh, some big wheels in them joints, too, you know? Yeah, a 20-inch wheel back then was a big deal. Yeah. And then a 22 was unheard of. Like, yeah. damn, motherfucker got 22s on his yeah. shit. He's somebody. Yeah. <laughs> they were so expensive, too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the streets actually revolutionized the way you see cars today. Like, if you go to the Mercedes dealer right now, stock from Germany are 21s on a car. Right, right? yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which is... Insane. So right, that was streets, based on what you guys were doing. Yeah, the West Coast streets dictated what they're doing in Germany. I believe it, hundred percent, because you see it, you see it now. They didn't come. That's not yeah. their vibe, dude. They're no. They're a sixteen or an eighteen inch yeah, with plenty of rubber. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know. <laughs> well, the car designers go to Pasadena Art Center. Uh huh. So the the designers in Germany right uh-huh. now have gone to school in Pasadena. So it's it's the vibe. It's yeah, the, yeah. So they're bringing shit that they grew up around. They're seen on the streets, and they're like. You know, these cars still drive good with yeah. fucking rubber bands yeah. on yeah. them and Hell shit, yeah. you know? Hell yeah, man. Super low profile. You hit one pothole, you're fucked. Yeah, I mean, that's... Like, you shit on everyone 80% of the time. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. But and that you're 20%, <laughs> you're, you're at the, the wheel place and shit, yeah. you know, or you're, you're calling a flatbed or some shit. <laughs> Same with lowriders, like classic cars, like anything vintage like that, they're going to break down, yeah. you know? Oh, it's yeah. just when... And how often? It's you know literally what I'm it's random shit too. See, I had a five o. I'm, I'm talking about two thousand and nine, but I bought it. I always wanted the ninety three, the the last year of the Fox. You know, the hatchback one. Yeah. And this is before Uber and everything, so I could barely afford 
having that extra car. Had it supercharged. I did the whole joint, right? <laughs> but I remember breaking down. You're talking about it. I remember the first time I broke down, I was like, this shit is not for me. Yeah. I'm fucking stuck. I got nobody to call. You know what I'm saying? It's like now, now I would think it would be easier now. Like you, you, you yeah. <laughs> your Chevelle broke. You just left yeah. it on the highway and fucking had a yeah. Uber you company. You couldn't drive it, so nobody was going to steal it. <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. I'm but, driving. I'm like, I gun it to get around somebody, and the washer on the other side of the gas pedal popped off on the inside. So Some I stupid it, shit. And it just, yeah. nothing happens, and I'm on the middle of the freeway. You're screwed, bro. You're yeah. screwed. Man. I did, though. I just left it there, because... Flatbed takes yeah, exactly. two hours. Yeah, and I was going to the airport. Oh, shit. It's like nobody's going <laughs> to... What, are you going to come sit in it? Right, okay. exactly. <laughs> well, you're, different. you're a different story. Man. Some, guys, <laughs> some guys would worry a little more. <laughs> you at least got to call someone to stand by your car. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. On his I've way to the private shit, yeah. place at the airport. <laughs> Classic, man. But no, nah, I mean, I remember when... Uh, I, I tattooed 50. I picked him up at his, his hotel, like in Beverly Hills, by, by himself. Mm-hmm. Just me picking up 50. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I no was like, crew. no crew at all. And he looked at his watch. He goes, man, you're late. You're not <laughs> getting, he goes, you're not getting Hollywood on me now. I go, fuck. I go, I thought you were going to be 30 minutes late. Right. So I, yeah. And I go, you're the rapper and shit, right. you know? But uh, got him to the studio, and I knew this was the last time. He could ever go in. Like I took him to eat. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Let's go eat, eat on Melrose or some yeah, shit." Are right. you hungry before we get to the tattoo right. studio? And people were looking at him, but they didn't know. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Only like they didn't know what was street coming. people would know who he was. Right. And I was like, "This is the last time this dude's going to be able to go anywhere in public yeah. normally and shit." Yeah, he's not a subtle looking dude either. Nah, he definitely stands out. Yeah, he's he was on swole back then too. Yeah, he was a big boy. He's yeah. Massive. Yeah. So then, but his piece, to me, defined, I mean, that would, that defined for a while that even, because they made an album cover out of it. And mm. that was, and it was like, mm-hmm. it's wild, man. And everybody saw that. I mean, I lost my mind when I saw it. I was like, yo, this shit is crazy, crazy. And then, it, and then it went along with the music. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, he wanted to do something on his arm or something. And I go, I go, look, Holmes, I, don't take this the wrong way, but unless we do your back, I, you know, I'm good. Right. He goes, why? I go, I just don't want to be mixed up with, you know, your uh, past offenses. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I want to clean. And he, and he goes, oh, okay. And he didn't get tattooed. Oh, all right. So I was kind of like, fuck, <laughs> man. Maybe I fucked up. Right. You know what I mean? I should have just tattooed him to say I tattooed him, you know? But right. I, I was like, unless I have the full back, I can't really express my, my shit, yeah, you know? Yeah. And um, he came back. He ended up coming back and... and um, he was like, "All right, fine. Yeah, all right, I'll do it. I'll do it. I know what I want to do. I want to put a five, a fifty on my back, and I want you to like mural the inside of it and shit." So it, it took uh, it took two days to do it. Really, that's that's quick though. It's a big. It was back. quick for a big back, and but I knew this is it. I'm yeah. never gonna see this guy again. Like he's gone after this. Mm-hmm. And the first day when I, I had, I actually finished the first day, and the second day. I was going to start collaging the inside of the 50. He goes, look, Holmes, he goes, I, I got to leave. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sign my G-Unit uh, record deal with yeah. Jimmy IV. And I, I'll be right back. And I was like, <laughs> oh, man. I go, all right. And then he goes, I'll be back in three hours. 
three hours go by, no son, four hours go by, five hours, I told my boy, Esteban, I go, let's go eat. You know, it's been five hours, right. so we go yeah. to eat. He calls me, I'm at your shop, where are you at? <laughs> of course. That's always how it goes. Yeah. Right when I leave, Never right? fails, bro. Leave our food on the table, we fucking jam, jump in the truck, we shoot back to the shop. And I'm punching it through downtown LA, and... uh a cop goes by on a, on a motorcycle. Cop goes by, and he's mad dogging us. He's fucking looking at us crazy. And I was like, like "Damn!" Playing, yeah. <laughs> and then we 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 stab out it, and he flips a U turn, and he, and he's following us, and we're about a mile from the shop, half a mile from the shop. Two other police cars show up oh. and are following us. Now we got three cops following Jesus us. Christ. We pull down. The street, I could see my shop at this point. He goes, my boy goes, just park in front of the shop, man. I park in front of the shop. The cops get out, shotguns on us. Get out the car, get out the car, put your hands up. They're flipping out. They're, they're like acting like uh, extra paranoid, yeah, you know? Man. And we get out like this and our hands up in the air and down, you know, military style, to the knees, like on your stomach, yeah, put your hands night, out. Yeah. yeah. And this is, you know, back in the 90s when uh, they they weren't even really tripping like that all the time. But uh, long story short, they searched my car for 30 minutes, and I had a 9 millimeter in there. Oh, shit. I had it, I had it hidden. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, back then, those little spots, those little ninja compartments, yeah, those, yeah. Were, those were the move, you know? Yeah. And I was like, well, we're going to see how good my, my ninja is. <laughs> right, you know right, what right. I'm saying? And they didn't find shit, See, and they ninja told was us. He <laughs> was official. <laughs> and uh, they apologized once they realized, when they look at my license, that this was my, my business, right. you know? Oh, yeah. And they told 50, they go, get out of here. And he goes, man, I ain't going nowhere. I got half a tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my tattoo artist you're fucking with. They didn't even know who he was, right, you know? Yeah. And uh, fortunately, we filmed all that shit. Oh, sick, all right. So we got all that shit on film. So when we dropped this little documentary that Estevan Oriol's uh, working on right now, you're going to be able to see that whole oh, day. Oh, sick, That's man. awesome. I look forward to that. Yeah. Hell yeah, but that tattoo ended up defining a lot of my career. I didn't have to carry a portfolio yeah. or do that. I could just say him, and then when I tattooed Eminem, right. he was on the cover of almost every magazine every at that magazine. period. Yeah. You know, from... Like Time Magazine to uh, Rolling Stone yeah. to Free Entertainment Tonight. Yeah. yeah, going like this with yeah. this tattoo, that's you know? How I, that's how I found you. I was just <laughs> like, I, I was like looking at all these tattoos wondering, I knew, I knew kind of what I wanted. Yeah. Or the style that I wanted. And so I was just like looking at all these tattoos. It was the 50 Cent one, Eminem, Travis Barker. Mm-hmm. And I was like, these are like, this is the group of tattoos I would want to combine, and then I realized it was all the same person. <laughs> I was like, "Oh fuck! Yeah, all right. How do I do this? Yeah, hell yeah, that's dope, man. That's dope. I was terrified the first time I came to your shop because <laughs> Skinhead Rob greeted me. Yeah, and I'm like, "Oh, oh shit! <laughs> this is what we're doing. <laughs> what is this going to be? <laughs> hell yeah!" And then Tim Armstrong walked in, and I was like, so starstruck. Yeah, I'm a huge Rancid fan. And there's a million plus dollar yeah. uh, ice cream truck sitting right yeah, next to Yeah, and then I'm like, what the? <laughs> mm-hmm. The ice cream truck. That's legendary, man. Yeah. And then you show up and I'm like, is this going to hurt? <laughs> You're like, Showed up two hours yeah. late and shit. That's when you were real Hollywood. Because that's post 50. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I just had a bad habit of like, 
I guess I was just selfish as fuck and I didn't really see it. Yeah. And all the great tattooers I knew showed up late to appointments. Yeah. So you thought, thought that's what you're supposed to do? Part of the experience. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Fucking waited two hours and I got this type <laughs> yeah. of, you know what I'm saying? Your spot's like a museum though, so it's not like, you're not sitting around staring at a blank wall. Yeah, no. Yeah. Sure. Definitely not a regular <laughs> environment <laughs> yeah. for sure. The ice cream truck was there. It was like, you could look at that thing for days and find new shit. Hell yeah. Yeah, for sure. That man. thing's amazing. Do you still drive it around? Get you know, it's it's been sitting in like museum situations for a little while. I was in the Peterson for a couple of years, and then uh, now it's been in the uh, Ruka, the RVCA headquarters. Nice on full display, but we're trying to figure out how to get it to New York for uh, Beyond the Streets mm-hmm. oh, yeah. art show that's going to be at the World Trade Center. Dope. So that's it's sick. a collection of the world's you know greatest graffiti writers. Yeah. They're actually doing contemporary art and uh, making shit for houses like this, you know? Sick, man. Sick. So it's, uh, that ice cream truck is like my moving canvas, Mm -hmm. but um, we're trying to figure out the logistics on taking some West Coast shit out there, you know? A lot of That's risk. Crazy. The shipment is a lot of risk if you think. Yeah. Something like that is priceless, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll put a price on it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I, with enough bread, I can make yeah, another yeah. one, actually. Yeah, yeah, exactly. still accepting all offers. Yeah. Accepting all yeah. offers. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would fit in my front door. Hey, let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it, man. Matter of fact, forget about New York. Bring it over here. <laughs> yeah, <man>. exactly. <laughs> yeah. We appreciate you being here, man. Yeah, it dude, really means a lot to us. Hell, I'm grateful, man. Told you guys. Yeah, there's Mr. Cartoon on Tracks of Life. Told you guys. It was, that one's so good. Man. It's so calm. He just, he's so cool. It just never, it, it never breaks. I like there's certain cars I'm never going to look at the same again. I know. Exactly. <laughs> certain songs I won't ever listen to the exactly, same Exactly, man. Wow. It's humbling to be around that guy. For sure. Well, next week we got a, we got a special, we got a special one for me, I guess. You know? I kind of know. Him, yeah. Okay. Who, what's his name again? Uh, doc, something, Dr. Phil. Oh yeah. There Dr. It is. Phil. My dad. This was cool because, you know, you don't really get to have this conversation too often with your dad. <laughs> and let me tell you, man, me sitting back watching it was amazing. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we roast each other quite a bit. So make sure you tune in next week. I learned so much about him. Like, I, I can't wait <laughs> I for you guys to hear right? this. Like, I was like, my, le- my mind was blown, man. Yeah, who knew he made mixtapes? Yeah, I don't, I don't want to give it <laughs> yeah, away. Yeah, but anyway. Yeah, check it out next week. Tracks of Life. 